This episode of Emmaus Road Chronicles presents 18 reasons, authentic reasons, to boost your faith and trust in heaven. My name is Tom Hill. Thank you for joining us today. These videos concentrate upon a passage of scripture from Luke chapter 24, when Jesus walked from Jerusalem to Emmaus with two friends on the day of his resurrection. Here's what it says in Luke 24, verse 27. And beginning with Moses, Jesus taught and interpreted them all of the scriptures, the things concerning himself, starting with Moses and the prophets. And these videos strive to interpret and identify and explain those things which Christ presented to those two men on that day. Therefore, it relies upon the inspired inerrant, infallible, sufficient Word of God as revealed in the Bible. I pray that the Holy Spirit will take these truths of this message today and make them valid and authentic and effective in your life today. In the past few video, videos, we have concentrated upon the book of Revelation. It was written in the early first century, sometime between A.D. 60 and A.D. 90, the time of the Nero and Domitian reigns as the emperors of Rome. They demanded emperor worship, so those early believers faced a great deal of persecution, temptation, and trial. And the Lord Jesus inspired this book to John to give to those early believers to correct them from their sins of unbelief and doubt and fear. Some of them fell prey to the temptation to worship the emperors. And God, in his grace and mercy, sent this inspired book to John to give to those believers, to correct them from their sin, to convict them, and then to comfort them and encourage them as to the realities that he had promised in the Old Testament through the prophets. And so this book comes along to inspire them, to encourage them, to comfort them in the midst of great trial and difficulty. We've looked at Revelation chapter 21. In that chapter, we find four visions. We've looked at three of them already in previous episodes. First vision was a new heavens and a new earth coming down out of heaven. A new heaven and new earth that did not replace the existing heaven and earth, but displaced it. It renewed it into new fashion. And then we read how God spoke to John through a vision from behind the throne and told him some great things that would occur in heaven in that great city that John saw in another vision coming down out of heaven, the new Jerusalem, the holy city. And the conditions of that city, no evil present, Everything perfect and in peace. No more sorrow, no more pain, no more difficulties, but joy and peace in the presence of God and the Lord Jesus. We come now to the fourth vision, the last vision of chapter 21. It refers back to the earlier vision where John said he saw the new heaven and the new earth coming down, and then in the midst of it he saw the new Jerusalem the holy city coming down. But he didn't describe it. He just said he saw the city coming down, adorned like a bride for his bridegroom. Speaking of the relationship between 
Christ's followers and their Savior, the Lord Jesus, that of a bride and a bridegroom. And in this fourth vision, we see a more detailed description of that new city. And what a spectacular city it is, beyond the ability to describe. As John wrote it, he certainly must have felt like a phrase that Dr. Erwin Lutzer used to describe someone trying to explain these things from Revelation 21. The unexplainable would be like one of us, perhaps from a civilized society, going into an uncivilized nation or peoples and try and explain to them a car. They would have no concept of a car or even the parts of it that you might try to describe to them. That must be how John felt as he tried to explain what he saw in these visions, and especially this last vision describing the holy city, the New Jerusalem. We find that description starting in Revelation 21, towards the very end of that chapter, starting in verse number 9. It says, An angel took him up onto a high mountain and showed to him the new city, the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven. And it said it was bright and shining, and it was spectacular. It says it looked like a jasper. A jasper is a multicolored gem, very bright, shining like crystal, very rare in that day, kind of common in ours. But he said the city coming down is that it looked bright and shining like a jasper. And then he begins to describe it. It says it has four walls, four high walls, he says. And in these walls there are gates. And it's a four-square city. It's not a flat city like our day, but it's like a cube. And all of the dimensions are the same, coming down out of heaven. Each dimension was equal, and the length and the width and the height and the depth was approximately 1,400 miles in length, about the distance from New York to Wichita, Kansas in the United States. If you're thinking of a spot in Europe, it'd be like London to Athens, Greece, rather large in four directions. The walls were 216 feet wide, which is approximately 66 meters. And that length of 1,300, 1,400 miles is, a, is approximately 2,200 meters, if you're using the metric system to measure. A very substantial city. And then he begins to describe some of the more intricate, spectacular details of this city. Not only four walls and the length and the width of the wall, but it says it had gates. Each side of the wall had three gates in it. And at each gate was an angel. And each gate had a pearl. Imagine the size of the pearl to cover those gates. And on the gates, on each of the gates, were listed the twelve tribes of Israel, the original twelve sons of Jacob. And then we read about the foundations. There were 12 foundations. Each of those foundations was in the name of one of the original 12 apostles listed in the Gospels. And each one of those foundations was a different gem. Oh, what a view that must have presented to John 
in beauty and in spectacular brilliance and is trying to describe it to us. Well, that's the new city, the new Jerusalem, the destiny of all of Christ's followers to live and reign with him forever. The city itself, it says, is gold. The street is gold. And the city is, it, it's, it's a gold that is not solid like we would think of maybe a gold bar or maybe a piece of gold jewelry. But it's clear. Have you ever seen clear gold? I never have. Perhaps you have and you would have a notion what that's like. But that's the gold of that city. Clear, transparent, you can see through it. Oh my, what a beautiful city. The destiny of all of us who trust Christ. Towards the end of that chapter, we begin to read some explanation of the real reason for Christ inspiring this book in the first place to John, and that is to reveal Christ. The very first five words of the whole book, starting in Revelation 1, 1, it says, This is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so towards the end of this vision, we begin to see, presented by John and in the vision, a revelation of Jesus Christ. Let me read those last few verses for you, starting in verse number 22 of Revelation chapter 21. It says this, And I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. The very first temple started at creation, the Garden of Eden, a place where God met with humanity that he had created. He met with Adam and Eve, and he fellowshiped with them, and he walked with them, and talked with them. And then when they sinned, God's presence was removed. And then we see him presenting to the children of Israel, as time progressed, a temple, a visible building, in which he would dwell and reside and make his presence known and available to his people. And then we find the temple coming further in a person, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, among humanity. Then after his resurrection, when he ascended up into heaven, we didn't have that personal touch, but it says he would send the Holy Spirit who would live and reside with us. We would have God's presence with us individually as believers in Christ having God's eternal presence with us forever. And here we read in that eternal city, the holy city, the new Jerusalem, no temple. Because the temple is God and Jesus himself. And then we read, it says, The city has no need of sun or moon to shine, for the light is the Lord God and the Lord Jesus, the lamp. Imagine that. No sun. No moon, no stars, no lamps, no oil lamps, no light bulbs like we have in, in many nations today, but lit entirely from the glory of God and his Son, the Lord Jesus. It says, By its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it, and its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. They will bring into the glory and honor of the nations, but nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. What a presentation to us of the revelation of the Lord Jesus.
the temple, the light. And the nations come together in this city, and there's peace, and there's security, no night, no, no closed gates, no need to close the gates, because there's no evil present. Nothing that is detestable will enter this city. No person, no thing. All of the evil that we experience in our day-to-day and in our everyday lives, the temptations and the drive to evil and, and the presence and the power of the evil one, that's all dispersed and gone. Nothing evil present there. Only the presence of Christ followers together with their Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and God the Father and the Holy Spirit. Nothing evil, nothing detestable. And it says, only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. This book presents that phrase another time, and it's talking about believers. Those who have come to trust and cast their faith upon the Lord Jesus. And so this book was referring back to those believers in John's day. And he called them their names written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And he's reassuring them that they had a glorious future ahead of them in the presence of God and of His Son and the Holy Spirit, in peace, security, purity, no sin, no effects of sin, joy and happiness with the Lord. Why do you think God inspired this spectacular book and this vision in particular? Well, as we've hinted along, you probably have come to the conclusion that God sent it to John and to those believers to correct them, first of all, from their sin of unbelief and fear and doubt, and to give them cause for comfort and encouragement and to improve and Uh, strengthen their faith to believe the promises that God had given through his prophets of the Old Testament and through the messages that the Lord Jesus gave while he walked on this earth. And then the messages that he gave through his apostles through and out as recorded throughout the New Testament. So it came to them as a book of encouragement, of strengthening, and a promise and a reminder that they would have a glorious future. And it describes that glorious future that they would enjoy with the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in that eternal city forever. We might ask a logical question, well, what correlation does it have with you and me? We live over 2,000 years from the time of the writing of this book and it was sent to those believers, what correlation does this message and this vision have for you and me? It has a lot for you and me to discover and to trust. We have very similar circumstances to what those early believers face. Many of us who would join in watching this video live in countries very similar to those days where the government under which they live forces them or attempts to force them to worship a false god and persecutes them and punishes them for worshiping the Lord Jesus and makes it very difficult for them to even fellowship and join together with other believers. And those of us who live in 
in what we would describe as, as free nations where we can worship as we please, even we face difficulties and temptations, don't we? Trials and difficulties, and we're tempted to doubt that God maybe really wasn't telling us the truth. And we fall prey to the temptations of the world in which we live, the world, the flesh, and the devil. So this vision in this book has application for you and me as well. And it's this. As in those days, followers of Christ have their future looking forward to a glorious time in eternity in peace and quiet with the Lord Jesus. Unbelievers do not. To those of you watching this video episode today who are believers in Christ, I would challenge you that the Holy Spirit would open your eyes to see and to believe and to trust the promises of His Word that He has made provision for you and for me a glorious future, an eternal future with Him in a holy city beyond description where we will have endless intimate fellowship with God and His residence among us. May He use these words of, these, of this vision to encourage you, to challenge you, to correct you, and to bring you strength of faith to believe and trust Him in days that might bring temptation and persecution and trial. To those of you watching this video who don't, at this point, trust in the Lord Jesus, I would pray that the Holy Spirit of God would open your eyes to see your true condition before God. All of us are born sinners. All of us are born separated from God because of our sin. All of us are under the condemnation of God and face the wrath of God for failure to respond to his offer of salvation in Christ. We are helpless. We are unable in any fashion to bridge the gap that, that exists between us and God because of our sin. Furthermore, truth be told, we don't want to. We don't really have a desire to follow and pursue after God. That's only the work of the Spirit of God that gives us that desire to seek after him and to find through his work in our lives to desire after God and to recognize our need of a Savior and to see that Savior that God the Father himself provided for people like you and me, Jesus Christ, his Son, who came and lived among men like you and us, lived a perfect sinless life, and the life that he lived qualified him for the death that he died. A death on behalf of people like you and me. A sacrifice offered up unto God on our behalf that we might find through faith in Christ salvation, redemption, reconciliation back to God. I pray that the Spirit of God will open your eyes to see that and understand that today. And to turn from your sin and unbelief and your lack of desire to even seek after God and will turn towards the provision that God has made for us in Christ Jesus. And turn to him in faith and trust 
and cast yourself upon him and claim him as your own Lord and Savior. That the future described in this vision for Christ followers would then become your future. A promise for all who come to faith in Christ. I pray that the Spirit of God will do those works in your life today. Next week, we'll look at the last vision that is provided for us in Revelation chapter 22. It is another vision of the holy city, but gives us some different perspectives on that city. And we'll look at that in our our next episode. Thank you for joining me today. If you would like to leave a note at the spot that is provided on uh, YouTube, I welcome your comments. If you would like to check out our website, it's listed there as well. Hope to see you next time. Thank you.